0: Good morning. It is September 6th. It is another sweltering morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio was sentenced to 22 years in prison for seditious conspiracy for his role in the January 6th attacks. It's the longest sentence yet in the January 6th prosecutions. Proud Boys founder, Gavin McInnes, who cultivated their hipster-ironic fascism and hipster-ironic brutality, stayed away from January 6th and continues to live on U.S. soil as a foreign national, even as the members of the seditious street-fighting paramilitary that he created get locked up. Trying to imagine how this would all play out if his citizenship were from somewhere other than Canada and the U.K. Also, who's been left holding the bag worse, the Proud Boys or the staff of Vice Media? A question McInnes will probably never have to answer. The lead news spot on the front of the New York Times belongs to a news analysis that recapitulates yesterday's news story about North Korea seeing the opportunity to help Russia out with armaments for its invading forces in Ukraine. It's not clear what the difference is between the news and the news analysis, but it's a big geopolitical development, so it gets big news placement again. The catastrophic Greek wildfires have given way to catastrophic Greek flooding. The Times reports that the Greek Meteorological Services website says the area around Pelion received 25 inches of rain between midnight and 3 p.m. Tuesday. In Pelion, the Times writes, a resident posted a live video on Facebook showing a car swept out to sea. In Volos, the mayor, Achilleas Bayos, waded through knee-deep water in the city as motorists sat in partly submerged cars and shouted at them, Where are you going? This is insane. Go home. We've been telling you since yesterday there's a lot of water coming. The rivers are going to break their banks. Not sure second-guessing people in the middle of the flood is really emergency management best practices, but I can definitely feel where he's coming from. Good news for protesters on page A16, as the NYPD reached a settlement with Attorney General Tish James in federal court, agreeing to stop kettling protesters, that is, trapping them in one place and then arresting them all, and to switch to a four-tiered system of escalating response to protests starting with community affairs officers talking to protest leaders, bringing in more officers if they believed illegal activity was about to occur at the Times' right, bringing in still more officers if there's probable cause that a crime has been committed, and then finally, if protesters tried to get into or block the entrance of sensitive locations, like a precinct, courthouse, or hospital, or when crimes were so widespread that de-escalation or targeted enforcement has not worked or cannot work, Then the settlement says the police can shut down the protest. But before ending the protest, officers would have to warn the crowd, point out where the crowd could disperse, as opposed to deliberately kettling them, and identify another location to continue to the demonstration, if feasible. Still a lot of discretion and judgment calls there for an institution that habitually overreacts to people exercising their freedom of assembly. But at least it puts down on paper that the police's standard response to protest is not permissible. Less good news for protesters, right alongside that on page A-16, over 60 cop city protesters facing racketeering charges. The same prosecutors who swept up Donald Trump and his cronies, armed with the same RICO statute, unsealed an indictment claiming that from the beginning of the George Floyd protests, a vast criminal conspiracy against law and order unfolded in Atlanta. As the indictment says, anti-government anarchists in Atlanta recognized an opportunity to rally against the law enforcement. The effort to stop the government from cutting down a forest and building a training center for the police, the Times quotes prosecutors as saying, evolved into a broader anti government, anti police, and anti corporate extremist organization. Anthony Michael Kreiss, a constitutional law expert at Georgia State University, told the Times, It seems like an indictment of an ideological disposition as much as identifiable criminal acts. And over the holiday weekend, a task force of various New Jersey police departments and the Federal Aviation Administration announced that it had caught a suspect in the serial drone bombing of swimming pools with dye packets. The 45-year-old owner of a heating and cooling company, the Times reports, has been charged with multiple counts of criminal mischief and harassment. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.